Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, I'm the only one to get the job done. I don't know a no one that could cover for me. Yeah, got some game from my day. So she might say she love me. She don't love me like she say she love me. Believe me, believe me. I'm the nigga boy that love me in the street. I'm not trying to find nobody else to beat. Let me ask you a question. That, that you did that. When did you start doing that before the take? Like that? Yeah. What made you do that? Um, I always just felt like when people are scrolling, I just try to grab their attention like that. Because, you know, if you're scrolling fast, you never know if you're It takes something special to make you stop on your page. So, so I feel like so smart, bro. That's so smart. First thing first, let's talk about something that I admire about you a lot, dude. Your hair. That <laughs> hair, right? Talk to me about that. Are we conditioning? Are we like, is that a process? Are we cutting tips? Like, what's the deal with the hair? Sounds like you know more than I do. Mm. You know, I think you got the sweetest hair on the internet. So that's why this is important. Wow. That's a huge compliment. No, I've been growing my hair for a long time. I just... I played football in college, and uh, I always respected the guys who had a little bit of lettuce flowing out the backside of the helmet. So I'd, I'd made a commitment. And, it, and to grow hair out, you have to make a commitment. It's about a year of just looking real bad. So uh, about a year of awkward stage wearing a hat, and now we're here. And now no looking back. Caleb, how often do you cut it? What's, how do you, what's the maintenance on that for you? Well, that's the beauty of having long hair. You ain't got to cut it. So you just you just let it grow without a problem. I want to drop a knowledge bomb on you, but that's the that is the number one quality of having long hair is you don't got to mess with it. You know, I do wash it, I do condition it when I wash it, after I wash it, but after that, just let it ride. And how many times a week are you washing it? How many times a week are you washing? It? I put a good I put a good five I put a good five washes on that bad boy. I know you're supposed to do less, but. You know, my hair starts looking greasy, and and it is what it is. If it falls out, it falls out. If it gets cut off, it gets cut off. I've, I've cut my own hair, you know, a few too many drinks and cut some of my own hair off. So you just never know what's going to happen. So I try not to take it too seriously. But Dude, I know that people recognize me for the hair, so I do keep it around. No, they recognize you for a lot of things. Let me tell you why I think you're you're special, bro. I think you're probably one of the most underestimated guys when it comes to what you do. And what you've been doing for a long time now, even though you're still young, you got this special talent that it allows people to think that you don't know what you're doing. Like you kind of have this cadence about you that you act like a little dumb, but you're really not, man. That specialness that you have. Are you aware of that or no? I don't know. If that's Yeah, I mean, um I never, I don't know if that's special. I don't know, but you know, having that little bit of a, a dumb feel to you makes you so special. But I, uh, I love what I do. And I feel like the more I do it, the better I get at it. I know that. When did you adapt? When did that style work for you? Because anybody that's in the content game knows, unless you're different, you don't get that the first time. It's something that you got comfortable with, like, hey, how are you? I am here. You become that guy instantly really good. When did that happen? Was that at UNC? Was that at Barstool? When did you do that? So you want the real answer? Yeah, with everything. So the real answer, which I don't know, it's going to sound – the real answer, which is going to sound bad, is uh, when I was little, like when I was really – like a kid, like probably eight years old, me and my cousins would go around and we'd be at like the lake on like a family trip or we would be wherever the beach. And we would do this thing where I would be really good at going up to strangers and I would like put on an act like I, I was 
A little slow? Like I was a little slow. Like I was needing some help, you know? And we would just laugh. I was young. I mean, I was really young. And, and it was, I would just go, you know, we would go up to strangers and talk to them and just basically catch them off guard. And I, that's something that I've always thought was funny. Like something that I think is the funniest thing. This is what I think the funniest thing in the world is, is seeing real reactions from people. And a lot of times in order to get that real reaction, you have to surprise people. You have to catch them off guard because if you're giving them what they they signed up for, then they already have thought through what they wanted to say. But if you give them something just a little bit different, you add just a little tiny wrinkle, all of a sudden you start seeing the real person. And that's just something I enjoy seeing. And I think it's funny, um, not necessarily to even make people look bad, but just to see their real human reactions. And that's why I love guys like you know Sasha Barrett Cohen, who does it so well, or Nathan Fielder, who does it so well, or Eric Andre, who does it so well. Those are like the goats of the style, you know, and there's there's plenty more. But people who are able to access that just true human reaction, it's the funniest thing in the world. It's why we love babies, you know. Babies are just they're pure humans, and they're just giving you what what they got. And that's and that's something that I I always try to get out of people whenever I'm doing content. Do you always go to that guy or you switch it up? Or is that you every time you're doing that kind of content? No, I mean, so I do a lot of different stuff at Barstool, which is where, I, where I'm working. And so, you know, we do a radio show every day, me and five other guys and or four other guys, I guess. Was that the Yak? Five, yeah. Yak. Yeah, you were on the Yak. You, you dropped by. So, you know, that's just we talk every day, just like me and you were talking now, just normal. Uh, and that's once a day. And that's a, it's a podcast as well. And. Uh, I do some other couple things where I'm, I'm kind of more myself. I've been trying to get into golf recently. I mean, I say more myself, but just kind of just talking how we're talking now, just being right. Right, 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 right. But whenever it's time to, you know, throw throw on my journalistic hat and do an investigative report, and I'll get after their ass, you know. Now, Donald, you crushed that, dude. I, I don't. I honestly think I don't think there's anybody better at doing that than you. Whether it's the rough and rowdy. Or whether you're doing the Dion piece or the jet skiing at the lake, all that stuff, right? So let, let me talk about that for a second with you because this is where I think a lot of people can benefit from picking your brain and your. Okay, HP, don't gas me up. I don't like not, to be gas. Listen to me, buddy. Let me tell you something about the Coach HP show. Okay. I know failures when I see them and I know success. I've predicted probably five real big success before people knew who they were. They kind of on the scene, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So this ain't this show ain't about bullshitting people, buddy. I'm telling you. I feel like I, it's turning into a gas session. No way. No, 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 no way, no way. Thing is, you're used to fucking around with the comedy, so that's what you think it is. But no, no, no. On the contrary, how you set up the format of okay, I'm gonna interview, I'm gonna edit it where the guy's almost like in the hot seat, like Caleb, are you a fake or not? And then it pans to you and it pans back, that kind of style. Did you think about that? Is that you with the producers? Take me through your creative process, man, because I think that along with your performance is what has you at the top. Well, a lot goes into those videos that people probably don't know about um, just in terms of, you know, just hours of the editors working on it. And and I definitely help out with the process because in the end of the day, it's kind of my vision of what I want it to be. And I've worked with a couple of different editors who have been really, really talented. I'm working with a guy named Tom Mullins right now and a, another guy named Michelangelo, so, which is just a sick name. But uh, a yeah. lot of it goes into it, but really it comes down to just, just – it's a feel thing. It's like, you know, not to be, like, corny, but it's, a, it's, a, it's its own art. It's, it's, a, it, it's a creative thing that comes to you, and as you – as you are in the moment, here's the thing about these videos. You you have to think about them in advance. You have to know where you're going. You have to know who you want to talk to and what kind of questions you want to ask. And then once you get there, you got to find those people. And it's kind of a performance uh, in terms of not only am I kind of putting on my serious face and asking the questions, but it's a performance of the execution of your uh, of your game plan. Like, hey, I want to – you brought up the lake video. Okay, we're at the lake today. We want to find jet skiers who kind of match that stereotypical jet ski vibe. Well, you gotta, you know, you gotta talk to locals and you gotta find out where those guys hang out and you gotta know how to approach those guys and ask them if they want to be in your video. And uh, you know, we have to get 
waiver signed and we have to do the whole nine yards. So there's a lot of execution that goes into it. And then when it's, when, once it's over, it's only began because then you have, you know, hours of footage you got to go through. You got to find the moments that speak to what you're trying to convey. And then you have to work with the editor and pick those moments. And then what kind of music is matching up to it and what kind of voiceovers and what's the, you know, what are you willing to see let go? Because you, you got to think all these funny moments. There's a lot of funny things that never see the light of day just because they don't fit in the story. So it's it really is its own art that I've just done it so many times now where I'm starting to get. I mean, I'm definitely still young. I'm 27, but I'm starting to get a, a, a feel of the craft of this is something that I feel like almost every single time I can execute. I can't agree with you more, man. And I feel as I as I knew I was going to have you on, I go, let me see what's out there about you. And there really isn't a lot because I think a lot of people are scared of you. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> because scared in the sense of like, they don't they don't want to like enter the ring with you. Does that make sense? Because they think you're going to fuck them up. Like they, I think people, I think you should, your style should be dissected constantly. Dude, I think it should be, people should be interviewing you left and right because you're at the perfect point in your life where you're still a baby, but you've accomplished so many wins already. And you're a humble dude and you're not some fucking dickhead. So people really like you, man. Like people like you like legit. And I don't, and that's why I think you're being overlooked because people just, I think they kind of take you for granted. That's why I love the answer you gave because it seems like nothing, but this is some calculated shit you're doing, bro. Yeah, we're working hard, but you know what? I think, I just had, I just started a podcast, a golf podcast and, um, and I, I, I'm new to golf and that's a whole nother story we can go into later if you want. But, um, the reason I even bring it up is because on this week's episode, I had this guy, he's a performance coach. He is like the number one performance coach in the world. Maybe he's definitely up there. He worked with uh, Jack Nichol Nicholas for a long time. And then now he's, do you ever watch the show billions? Yeah. So are you familiar with Bobby Axelrod's character? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, so Bobby Axelrod's character in Billions, which is a Showtime show for people listening who haven't watched it, it's about this hedge fund guy who's basically a shark and he and he takes crushes everything. Yeah, crushes yeah, everything. Well, that's based off a guy named Steve Cohen, who is a real hedge fund guy who just bought the New York Mets and he's up here in New York. Well, in his office, which is called Point Seventy Two in real life, will Bobby Axelrod and Axe Cap mirror that? Uh, existence. Nice. Well, inside that office is a real performance coach like Wendy Rhodes in the show. And that's modeled after after a person. And that person is Dr. Gio Valiente. And he came on my podcast and he's he's worked with, you know, all these athletes, hedge funds, guys, uh, NFL coaches, you name it. They've reached out to him. And he's telling me what all comes back to why people do stuff. That's his motivation for everybody is basically finding their why. And for a lot of these top athletes he's working with, maybe like a Tiger Woods, he's been doing his craft for so long and he's so good at golf that along the way, maybe he's he's lost his why. Or every once in a while he gets caught up in the money or he gets caught up in the going for just the, the trophies or whatever it is. And he forgot why he started, why he wanted to be successful. And um, if you have a good why – and it's not the trophies. It's not wanting to be successful, but it's really just a mastery of your craft. Dr. Valiente was saying that's truly where you find success and you kind of get into your rhythm and into your cut where you can just go. And I feel like that's where I am is just because I don't the reason I love making these videos and I love like what I'm doing right now. I actually love doing and it's it is art to me and it's challenging, but it excites me. And I like I like thinking of what we could do next. I like talking with people. I like being out in the streets. I like putting myself in those situations. And so I feel like my why is just I want to like master this craft and I want to just make people laugh. And I want to like I think this world, there's so many funny situations to to showcase and exploit that it, it's just like a uh, it's just opportunity everywhere. And I feel so energized to to just be a part of that. So I think. For me, it's uh, it's it's just an exciting thing to do, and I and and I'm, it doesn't bother me if people feel like they I'm underrated or overrated or rated at all. I just I love what I do, and Barstool has given me this unbelievable opportunity to do it at a at a scale which is 
unfathomable for any other company because they give me 100% creative control. That is awesome, man. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, you were the first recruit of Barstool, no? Uh, I wasn't the first. I was I was up there. I was uh, 13th employee overall. Um, but there was a bunch of a lot, you know, talented guys who really founded the the core of Barstool and built it up even before I was there. I, I started working there in 2015. So it's been I've been at Barstool for five years, but you know, it's been around for 10 years before I was even there, where Dave and Big Cat and KFC and K Marco and a bunch of a list of guys, really talented guys, built it up. So I can't even take credit for that. That uh, makes sense. That makes sense. Out of everything that you've done of the stories, which is your do you have a favorite? This weekend, I don't know when this when will this episode come out. Whenever you want it, you're in charge, bro. You're the dad father. Let's put it out. Let's put it out this uh, this this week, and that way people can listen to the podcast I just referenced. And I'll tell you this: the video that I'm putting out this weekend, it's not done. I'm still working on it. I'll probably work on it whenever we get off. But it was the funniest shoot I have ever been a part of. It's these kids in Tennessee in Knoxville, and they're. Uh, and it, I'm trying to make a video about the worst roommate in America because everyone knows if you I, I like doing pieces on things that, you know, you know, you've been there. You understand what it's like. I can write the the jokes and I know what it's going to be before I even go because everyone knows everyone has a, had a bad roommate. So I'm going down Knoxville and I want to find a bad roommate. So I end up with these guys and there's this kid and he's just he's funny and the roommates, they all love him. It's like a love-hate relationship where they you can tell he really does get on their nerves, but at the same time, they love him. But he's like – he's doing all the typical things. He's dirty, smelly, or whatever. He's loud. But he ends up – one of them says, dude, he's been hanging out with my ex-girlfriend a lot. I said, what? He said, he's he like has my ex-girlfriend who I just broke up with like a couple months ago. He like has her over to the house like, like five or six times a week. And this is real. This is all real. Holy me. He said, no, I'm serious. I was like, what? she goes to school here? He's like, yeah. I was like, you think she'll come be in the video? And so, you know, an hour later, she pulls up. And I got, I'm doing an interview with the, the kid who used to date this girl, the girl, and then the roommate who's hanging out with the girl. You know, and they say, you know, we're not doing anything. We're just watching TV, just hanging out. And I said, suspicious. But anyways, just being in a situation like that, and it's like a real situation where this is a real bad roommate, and a, but the guys love him anyways, and there's like a romantic thing happening on the side. It's just like unreal. So that video is coming out this weekend. I think it might be my favorite video I've ever shot. Uh, we're going to push that. We're going we're gonna to promote that big. You were born. You were born in North Carolina? I was born. Where? Big facts. Um, Asha. Dude, I went to a school for a semester and a half called Pfeiffer University. In between Albemarle and Salisbury. You know where that is? I know where Albemarle and Salisbury are. Salisbury, Cheerwine Factory, home of Cheerwine. What is that? You never had Cheerwine? I don't drink, bro. I've never drank in my life, man. It's just soda, coach. It's just soda. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I've never had that. <laughs> it's like worse than a beer, dude. I, mind. I don't know what the content is. North Carolina. Living there, New York. What's the difference? What do you like? Do you miss North Carolina at all? Yes, man. <laughs> yes. North Carolina's way, I don't want to say it's better because New York City has this incredible energy. It's like right. nowhere else in the world because there's so many people here who are so excited and amped up to be here and they're living life at 100 and they're, and they, they're going hard and they're working hard. They're playing hard. The Restaurants are incredible. I mean, you the best of the best is up here in New York, and that's true. And anyone who lives here, you got to be tough to live here because it is hard to live here. Yeah. You live in a closet, or you know, it's the rents and everything about it is very tough, but it's very exciting. But I think that I miss some of the real life that happens back in the South, and just being around my family. I mean, I'm young; I'm not around my family, so I hang around, and I, I work at a young company. I travel a lot. I, I kind of live like a uh, a life that's not necessarily grounded in reality like it is when I'm back home in North Carolina being with my family where I have a grandmother who's around. Um, excuse me, but just have, you know, to have my grandmother around and to have, uh, I have a little brother who's 10 years younger than me and to have my dad who's in the 70s and my mom who's in her 50s and, and to just have all those 
um, people who once they're my family. And so I love them, but also that cover the whole spectrum of life and, and perspectives and wisdom and, uh, and they're totally different than me, but to be around that, I don't even know if it's a North South thing. I think it's really just what, what it means to be around a family, uh, is something that I miss and something I do want to get back to eventually, because I think it's important. Well, just being around kids in their twenties all the time is great. But I, I think that you do miss something it, being around your, your real family. Do you go back there a lot? Do you make, do you talk to them a lot on the phone? How's your relationship with that? I talk to him as much as I can. I go back. I mean, I was back for like three months with coronavirus because whenever coronavirus happened, I immediately um, popped down there. So that's good. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's tough. You know, I mean, I, you know how it goes. People who have to go on and do work that's in a, you know, Barcel is in New York City. And if I could work in North Carolina and do Barcel, I would. But Barcel is in New York City. I have a radio show. It's in New York City that needs me. And I, and that's where my. my no, you got to be at the top, dude. You're, you're too talented to. Nothing against North Carolina. You're too talented to be up there. You're in the right place. You're in the right place. How do you view your future, man? Because I get so many kids your age that are stuck with finding passion. With I got a lot of ex-sports people that when I speak to sports people, uh, we don't prepare kids to, to do what you did. You transitioned. It seemed very easily. Other people are like stuck like with the Al Bundy syndrome. Which yeah. is like, you know, my high school, my great years, whatever, whatever. How do you view your future where you're at now, man? Like, do you think about that at all? Or do you just take everything one story at a time? A little bit. I mean, it's it's hard to say something that's going to work for someone else. Um, I can say what I, where my mind's at. My And my mind is currently on uh, trying to think. My, my whole thing recently has just been sustainability in terms of You know, for when I got out of college for maybe until maybe last year, I was living a lifestyle that was probably, you know, it was really fun. And I don't think it was necessarily even bad. I, I don't regret living it, but it was unsustainable. A little bit too much partying, a little bit too much drinking, a little bit too much, you know, not focusing on what's important or getting into things that weren't necessarily something that uh, I could do for the rest of my life. Like even playing football, I play football in college. That's not sustainable. And that's what the athletes are finding out now is once you get out of football, it's like, oh, that wasn't sustainable. And there's nothing wrong with that because playing football was an incredible experience, maybe the best experience of my life. But now that I'm getting, you know, I'm, I'm getting into I'm 27 I'm, and I'm approaching being a real life adult. I'm trying to find things like a competitive thing that's sustainable, golf, uh, a creative thing that's sustainable, um, making these videos that are evergreen. Uh, and I try not to put my situations that put myself in situations that I can't continue to do for a long time because I've realized that the most important thing I have is my focus. Wherever my focus has been, I've done well. Um, so and that includes good and bad things. I've I've done well with. I've been a great partier when I focused on that and I've been a great. Uh, no, because you're human, bro. You're human. You're a good looking dude with a tremendous talent tremendous charisma dude that dixie tour i mean you probably set the record for taking down girls in a whole tour in that thing and only people that have lived listen i moved to los angeles at your age i lived in a car for a year i didn't know a single person okay i turned that into being a celebrity kid whisperer working with kids through baseball and stuff like that when i went to las vegas at the age of 31 is when i started to really find myself caleb you're not even close to that yet bro You have such a young trajectory. I lived at the Aria Hotel. Imagine you living at the Aria Hotel, being the director of customer development for Hyde and the Bellagio. You don't drink, you don't do drugs, and you don't gamble. Like literally your life is like, and you're single. It's like no kids, no nothing, you know, and it's Vegas, you know. You have that, but people know you, and it's you almost like need maturity when you don't, when a lot of people wouldn't have it at 27, so you can't be that hard on yourself because Your ability, I think what makes you pop is you're so spontaneous. But at the same time, the fact that, and this is going to happen with age, bro. Once you hit your 30s, you're going to understand a little more like, okay, I'm going to party till three, but I'm not going to go till seven. And look, this is trouble or this chick is trouble or yeah, this now this hot chick is into me, but that's going to be a fucking mission because I don't want to deal with that right now because you'll learn that. You know what I'm saying? And 
the one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you so badly is because your profile is going so much higher that people aren't going to, they're not going to have empathy for you. They'll be jealous of you. You know what I'm saying? Because you have it all in a sense, you know? And what I wanted to do, one of the thing was, is to not only give you credit, but be one of the people that's there for you to say, whoa, wait a minute. You got too much talent for that. Right. You got, you're such a good dude for that. And, and I really think you're destined to be like Hall of Fame. I'm serious about this. In what you're doing, only because you started so young and you're natural. You didn't take classes for this. You didn't go do a course. This is you natural. You did it as a young kid. Mm. You know what I mean? So that's that's my thing with you. And in New York and stuff like that, it's it's just setting yourself with a schedule and just crushing it, bro. Because I think you're going to, I think you can only do good. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I think, uh, man, it's it's been getting to the point I'm at. Like, I don't feel like I'm at that point yet. Like, so I've got a long way to go. I kind of feel like I'm starting to, I actually, to be completely honest with you, I feel like just this fall, I feel like I've kind of got my mind right where I'm like, I'm kind of seeing the ball a little bit better where I, 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 I have a chance. I'm putting myself in a position where I have a chance to accomplish the things that I want to accomplish. Whereas what do you before, mean by that? What do you mean by that? Like put yourself in a position how like you're getting more rest, you're preparing better. You, what do you mean? I mean, I think a lot of people who are, I mean, you're a creative guy. Obviously you have this podcast, um, but people who are creative, I'm a creative person. That's probably my, where I get my biggest joy in life is from being creative. And so, you know, that requires a lot of, if you're creative, you know, this probably a lot of alone time. Um, I like to, I like to, I'm a kind of a dreamer. I'm kind of someone who I, I have, I can get scared to put myself out there because, you know, I have such grandiose ideas going on in my head that I, sometimes it's, you're scared. You can't perform it and make it a reality. And so you'd rather just not try. I can fall into a lot of the same traps creative people can fall into, um, you know, and for me, it's been about realizing throughout the years, maybe since I've been in college, so probably, you know, last 10 years, realizing that even though you do every once in a while get that great idea that comes to you fully formed and you can, it's just a pearl and you can just put it into action and boom, everything falls into place. Those do happen and they're blessings. But being creative as a profession, to be a professional creative, it means, like you said, it means going to bed, getting your sleep and doing everything you can do to set yourself up to be good. And that doesn't even necessarily mean you're going to be good because creativity comes and goes. It's not really something that you can have every day, um, at least at the, at the highest level. But I put, you know, I, I do better now at, I do get my sleep. I, I've changed my wake up time to 6am. I'm 6am every morning now because I know mornings are my best time. So I, I don't mess around late at night anymore watching TV. I've cut out my TV at night and I'm just 6am in the morning, you know, this morning, I was first uh, two and a half hours a day I was writing. So, and that's before I get on my phone or anything like that. Those are the types of things that are new to me, but I've seen the payoff already. And I think I can continue to see the payoff if I do them. They're hard though, man. They're easy to slip out of. And um, But if you know them and you know, it's all about learning yourself what works for you. I can't say that's what will work for anyone else. But for me, it's just about, and another thing with the, with the sustainability is like, I used to be like, man, when I'm drinking. I have a little bit more like fun in me or, you know, smoking a little bit of weed. You get a little bit of a, you, you get some ideas and those things can be true. And I got nothing against drinking or smoking to be honest, as long as they're, you're doing it safe. But, um, to, to put myself in positions where I can sustainably every morning, wake up 6am, I can write every morning. It might not be good, but I'm gonna get something. That's kind of wh where my head's at. That I love that you said that dude, because, there's no, you can't phone a friend. You know what I'm saying? Or you might, but it's hard because I tell people the loneliest decision I ever made was become coach HP. Why? Because I, I get about 500 to a thousand DMS a week. Everybody's asking for something. I get rejected all the time because look before you, I had Jesse Itzler on the phone. You know, Jesse, dude, I've been trying to do something. With, I've been trying to do something with him for forever. I got you. I got you. I got you. Listen, the, nothing in life happens for everything happens for a reason. There, Caleb, you'll learn that from me. Before him, 
I had Diamond Dallas Page, okay? I get rejected by everybody. People look me in the face, Caleb, and they lie to me. Now I'm to the point where famous people, because my profile's raised, look me in the face and lie to me, right? But what I love, which is what you have, is when you understand how much you put into this and how much this means to you, that only you know. Nobody else knows in this world how important this is to you. I don't care who you say. You're the only one to know. When you feel that in your heart and that passion hits you, whether it's five in the morning, five in the afternoon, you're on the yak, you're walking, you're doing this tour, that's the thing that makes winners win. And we don't talk about that because, like I said, like I told this to Jesse, I go, Jesse, man, you are the envy of a lot of people because you have happiness and you're successful, which a lot of successful people are pushing courses. They're not really that happy. And you want happiness. And I'm a, I'm a, ha almost to a point that some people might think, hey, this guy's full of shit, but it's the complete opposite. I see things and I have ability to understand that the only thing that matters when you're 41 is your happiness, bro. Mm. When, when I'm sitting there and I posted the thing of the, of my notes that I was going to do with you today, I have my one month year old son on top of me. I'm burping him. I'm figuring, he's figuring it out. My wife is sleeping with the baby in the other room, the love of my life, which I married at 37. And I was talking about this with Jess. You know how lucky that is, man? You know how lucky you're going to be if you could get married at 42, 40, 30, late 30s? You're, gonna, you're a man, dude. You're so young. And you look like a man. But there's so much stuff. And there isn't no, like, dude club of people that can help people who are being successful. Mm. Unless it's, like, therapy. You know yeah. what I mean? And, not, and therapy is not for everybody, but that was my thing. I'm going to, we're going to hook you up. I'm going to hook you up with Jesse. Don't worry. I think you saying all this gets me to my, to my next point. 51 strokes. I originally, I go, man, Caleb doesn't have a podcast. Now you have it with that. With your talent level, I think you should have five, I think you should do five podcasts a week because you can literally do 51 stroke. A red Zone podcast, mm. Fucking Around podcast, The Party podcast. You can do so many things, man. How do you approach content when it comes to that? Are you like, no, no, these stories are big. That's where I want to go all in. Or are you like, no, I like more of this. Or are you just vibing? How do you feel about that? Well, I mean, so that's like what I do for work. So, I mean, that comes down to that is my job. So I get paid is, is to produce content. So the... You know, the videos you're talking about are a little bit more labors of love. You know, they're like they're they're my art or they're my they're my thing that I love doing and I just get excited about doing them. The the yak, which is the radio show I'm on, that's the one thing I do in my work that I feel like I have actual human connection with guys that I really like. Um, I like all the guys who I'm on that show with. And honestly, I don't feel the most quote unquote talented at radio. I'm not someone who you know, if you ask me, hey, what's your take on what happened in NFL last night? I'm not going to hit you with some crazy take uh, off the top of my head. It's just some people have that innate skill to deliver something wild and something yeah. funny. And those people are the best. And I work with a lot of them. That's just not me. And and I've realized it about myself and I'm okay with that. And for that reason, I'm really probably not the best radio fit because those radio guys who are good, they can do that. But I love those guys on the show. I love KB, Nick, Brandon Walker. Big Cat and Rome, those it's kind of like my family at work. Nice. So that's my hour every day to just be with my friends, and and people enjoy it because they can tell it's genuine. So our listeners, you know, we we joke and we have fun, but they know that we all like each other, and and they can feel that, and they can feel a part of it, which I think is cool because I the shows I like, you know, you're watching something I, so podcast I like is uh, Rogan, and I like. The group around him, all the comedians that you know, Theo Vaughn. Yeah, but how smart was that dude? He they, they redid something there really smart, man, with Joey, with his group, yeah, and and you guys did that. And I wish we did that more. You know that I, I wish there was more of a. I wish there was more of that. You know right. that you have a group of guys that are, listen, bro. Fuck this bullshit. We're gonna promote each other. Yeah. One guy go. One guy crushes it, which was Rogan. Phenomenal. Right. But what he does is he picks everybody else up. It's amazing. And that's amazing, dude. And that's what we should, I think, 
in a society, in this world and everything, that's what we should talk about, man, is stuff like that. Like, okay, who are you lifting up? Who are you motivating? Because right now you are, bro, a lot of people look up to you, whether you know it or not, you probably don't know, but a lot of people look up to you, some for the right reasons, some for the wrong reasons, whatever, but you have that spotlight. Yeah, right. So it's... No, I agree with you. I think it's incredible. And, you know, in a lot of ways, you could compare what Big Cat at Barstool has done with what Rogan's done. Um, I want to say on a smaller level, I don't even know how much smaller of a level. Big Cat is the real deal in terms of, you know, the people who look up to him and the and the status he has and the influence he really has. He has a real influence on people. And he has, instead of using it all for himself, he really has taken people, you know, younger guys like me who he can tell that he can tell that. I, I want to be successful, but I need help finding my way. And, you know, the other guys are on that show and he's picked us up in the same way that Rogan has kind of picked those guys up. And what I was going to say that I liked about them is you can tell they like each other. And then I feel like, you know, I've never met any of them. Well, I've met Theo, but outside of that, I've never met any of them. I feel like I'm friends with them, you know, and I feel like our listeners can get that vibe with us. But it is. It's true what you're saying. It's a lot of ways uh, a Big Cat has done that at Barstool. And it's something that I do want to I guess I got to think more of myself as a someone who's capable of doing that because I, I kind of think of myself as a young guy still on my way up. But I, you know, I do want to be. I think it's a it's incredible what both those guys have done, and I want to do that in my future for sure. Listen, I felt that when I went, I didn't even know I was going on the yak. I don't know what I was going on when they grabbed me, but I felt that when when I got on the show, you know, I felt your guys' vibe. I felt your guys' energy. That's why. That's why I have you here because I'm, I, I did a post the other, like two days ago and on my post was my interview with Gary V, my interview with Logan Paul, my interview with Erica, and then my interview with, uh, with Jesse. And I put up top 10 out of 10 chiropractors do not recommend sleeping on coach HP, right? <laughs> All that happened 2020 during Corona uh -huh. when nobody knew who I am. Right. But the feeling of good that I have, the positivity, the ability to want other people win with getting nothing in return, that to me is what I tell people that reach out to me. They're like, man, I want to be in this position or that position. I'm like, just give. And you probably saw that in football when you decided to help out because a lot of people probably looked at you and go, oh, this guy's the entertainer of, of mm -hmm. whatever it was, right? But that's bullshit. Because as I watch your videos, you're coaching these guys. You're you're pumping them up. You're you're caring. Mm -hmm. So that vibe is what makes you a leader, and that's why I think you're more valuable. You're very valuable in the position you're at, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, no, I think it's a man. I think it's a great quality, and like you're someone who, uh, you know, I you came in. I didn't know you know you at all. And I just hadn't seen anything you'd done. And then, and, and, uh, I never met you. So I didn't know who you were, but you know, you give off such a good and positive energy that it's, it's easy to be around people like that. And it's easy to relate to people who have a positive outlook on life. And yeah, I mean, to, to do your podcast is a, is a no brainer, whether you were, you know, if you were a college kid who had no listener, I know you've got a ton of listeners, but if you were just a young college kid, but had the same vibe, I would I would have loved to do your podcast then too, because just surrounding yourself with people like that is just a, it's a blessing and it's not even, it's the best thing you can do for yourself. It's, it's selfish. I mean, it's selfish of me to not in a bad way. It's okay to be selfish sometimes. That's the best thing I can do is to, to get guys like you and just, and guys like the guys I am surrounding myself with at Barstool and, you know, even in my, my personal friend circle and they're all just great guys and, and girls with great, uh, perspectives and the positive and it makes you feel good because like everyone feels bad sometimes like, and, no, like, and, and especially in New York because listen I'm in Miami right Miami is very uh, I got hated on by everybody when I was a 37 year old guy vlogging in the in the Miami baseball fields you know how cool that was except the little kids were like oh my god vlogging vlogging and I, I got hated on by everybody but I that didn't bother me because my intent was so good to help. I'm the biggest failure in the history of Miami baseball. My dad used to beat the shit out of me in front of everybody, like really, really, really bad. My mom didn't do anything. Nobody stepped in. 
So I go, one day I'm going to change this and I'm going to help people because nobody helped me. And I'm going to get people to places. I'm going to get parents. I'm going to get kids to understand that you can't have, you can't hack your way to having an Eli Manning, to having a guy, everybody wishes that their kid would go to division one school to be quarterback. That is so rare. We see a lot of them, but that is so rare. And we forget how hard it is to do things because the people who are up there make it seem so easy. When you sit there with your over big suit and the long tie and you're sitting with Dion and you're like, prime time. What is prime time? <laughs> it, you don't understand how much skills it takes to do that calmly. Because mm -hmm. everybody else is like, holy shit, this is Dion Sanders. But you're like, what is it? How many X's do you have? Mm. Like, that's, that's a skill, man. But that's, that's my thing. Caleb, favorite type of music? Ooh. Dude, I, this is hard for me. This is very hard for me because I, I, I love like my favorite artists in the world. I mean, it's not to sound cookie cutter, but there's a reason why it's popular. Drake, like Drake's my favorite. Dude, let me tell you a good Drake story. Now that you brought Drake up. Yeah, go ahead. Drake's at his house. You know, I lived in Los Angeles for six years. He were at, he's at his house and he just released an album. He just won a Grammy. Packed. Everybody's at the house. Calabasas. Thing that's like a fortress. And I like that you said that because you mentioned something about your routine and waking up at six. And I emulated a lot because nobody has, there, there's nobody in my lane of what I do. Spreading positivity is not the sexiest thing in the world, especially now, you know, and, and the guy, there's a guy who created a mock account of me where it's not you. His, his thing is not your coach and he makes fun of me. And he has 5,000 followers. So, let's, so that's how crazy this is, right? And what I learned from... It's I me. Learned, <laughs> no, no, the, guy, the guy's bald. He tries to fit me. But what, what I learned, Caleb, was I learned this from Little Wayne. And then I learned it from Drake. Oh, man. The, the reason why these rappers are winning is because Drake at that party was in a little shed in the back. Not about a multi-million dollar house. Little shed in the back in a studio pumped about Scorpion that was about to come out. He was working on Scorpion while everybody was partying. Kind of like the Great Gatsby thing where here's a party. You guys, you commoners party mm -hmm. while I'm going to continue to work on this craft. Mm -hmm. And Little Wayne, I, when I was young, I saw, probably by your age, I saw a documentary on Little Wayne. And he said how he carried the microphone and he's always recording. He's always recording, always recording 24-7. And I was like, fuck, man, that's why these guys are winning because everything is on a vibe. So an example, if me and you are that, right now, we'd go, let's say there's no corona. We go to Madison Square Garden. We're sitting on the floor to watch the Knicks-Lakers. After that game, we carry that energy, and we go right to the studio, Caleb, and we start recording. Mm -hmm. Everything revolves around work. Mm -hmm. When you were, And your work is your passion. And then you go to the club, and it's your song. And it's you're constantly vibing with people that are on that almost like genius level of just creativity and stuff, man. I try to imitate that. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show because I feel like you're on that level, you know. I love Drake for that reason. He goes, I do too, man. I think he's I think he's like not to sound corny again. I think he's super inspiring. I think yeah. that he was inspired by Lil Wayne, who's also super inspiring. And then to throw credit to people in my world that I've learned from, you know. You, I think I've, I've always thought, and I don't know how familiar you are, or your audience is with Barstool, but the guy who founded Barstool is a guy named Dave Portnoy, and he's, uh, he's, you know, people know him now. He's pretty much like a an A list celebrity, I'd say. At least he's definitely mainstream, and he, in a lot of way, re, a lot of ways, resembles Lil Wayne in content in the fact that he's nonstop. He really doesn't, he doesn't really care if you like him or not. He is going to put out what he's going to put out. He's relentless and he's okay. You you remember how like when Lil Wayne was coming out, it was like it was love him or hate him. It was very it was just very he broke down a lot of barriers, I think. He was like, Dude, he didn't have he was the first rapper to have that many tattoos. He didn't they weren't rappers with those dreads. They weren't saying then he took it to skating. Like he just took it to a whole new world, man. He just didn't care. And he was he had 25 new songs a day. I mean, it yeah. was 
unreal. And that was, uh, you know, that was when I was growing up. So it was like very vivid for me. But Dave's Dave is very similar in that respect. And then to even make the compare comparison go further, I've always thought of Big Cat, who is definitely uh, came up under Dave, is a lot like Drake, who he's maybe a little bit more. Uh, I don't want to say. I don't know what the right word would be uh, thoughtful in what he's doing where Dave's just like going and he's just in the moment 24 seven making content. Big cat probably puts a little bit more thought into it. Kind of like a Drake does probably sees uh, the the big picture um, a little bit differently than big cat uh, than Dave does, but in the same way, just consistently works and is inspired by him. And I, I dude, I just try to freaking take notes. I just try to take notes. Man. I hope, I hope, I hope uh, it's not too serious, man. I just, no, no, no. But this is the side. F fuck that. This is the side that, listen, we could fuck around. We could be this and that, but this is real. This is, you got to understand, my thing is, why is Caleb winning? How can I help Caleb? Like, I have no, like if you're my boy, I talk to you right now, like if you're my boy. That, that, that's how I operate in this universe. That's how I've been successful in this life. Yeah. And I'm a funny dude, but... What I care about is what makes you happy? How can we keep motivating you? How can we keep, you know, that's what I care about. Burn, if the people like it, great. If they don't like it, they could go somewhere else. But that's, and they love it because it's, it comes from a place of, of, of good, man. I think it's cool to talk about because, you know, all, all the time I'm, my job. You're fucking around. You're fucking around 24-7. Yeah, but you got to have some semblance of seriousness behind you if you are going to do that 24-7 because we all know that one hilarious funny guy like the funniest guy you know is not uh successful it's not on 24 7 yeah the funniest guy you know is so funny that he can't even he just like lives in his own world he like doesn't have a job and he's like on a couch like the funniest guys i know are not necessarily like the most successful guys but they're just pure hilarity there's like a you got to have some type of like drive and seriousness behind you if you if you want to if you want to do, do something you want to do it for a profession x and no and you man because again what you have is very rare you have you are in baseball we call it a five tool player you're a five tool player you hit for average you hit for power you got an arm you got speed and you got the glove in the content world you're that you're all those things into one so when you have that talent it's like fuck man wake up at six no wake up at five i'm not sleeping just in there, in there, in there. Take your breaks. Come back in. In there, in there, in there. Take yeah. your breaks. Come back in. You know what I mean? That to me is, I love that, man. I love that. I love, I do, me too. I, it like fires me up. It has, you know, I have an athletic background. So I, a lot of times I compare in my own head to football and what I used to do to train for football. And I love getting it, getting up, getting in that ass early, bro. And just, you just feel like you got a leg up and, you, and it's just kind of a competitive spirit. I think that's good to have. I don't think that's I, bad. No. Listen. There's no, when I speak at schools and high schools and I talk to people, there's nothing worse than being a miserable 40 year old man. It seems like when people hit 40, like reality hits, it's not 27 anymore. That's because 40 is like, oh my God, right? If you're happy in your 40s, life is just so good, man. And I'm so happy, no matter what, no matter how many times I go, I'm so happy. And that's what I want to focus on because I don't care about. You at 27, but I want to, when you hit 47, 40 to be like, man, I had a, I had a, this is awesome. This is awesome. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Let's talk golf real quick. Gotta talk golf. My first experience golfing was at a golf course called Shadow Creek. You know where that is? No. Did you see the Phil Mickelson versus Tiger Woods thing? Yes. The first one was in Shadow Creek. Shadow Creek used to be Steve Wynn's old home that he sold when he sold MGM resorts big money win big money win he sold his house and that became a golf course it looks like it looks like north carolina in the middle of las vegas it's beautiful michael jordan used to have a tournament there till he got married and the wife shut that shit down he used to have the michael jordan celebrity golf thing at the aria it was hosted at the aria hotel at shadow creek every march every year first time of me ever playing golf was shadow creek in the foursome with mj and I fell in love, just like you have, with golf. I was like, oh, my God, this is the best. This is the best thing in the world, man. Love golf. I love the gentleman aspect of it. I love the vibe. 
I love that it has an upscale thing to it, but it has the buddy system. I'm factuated with golf. I loved it. I joined the country club, the the TPC Summerlin. Mm -hmm. I joined that, and I was the only guy out there for a while because I had already crushed it in the nightclub business. Had a lot of time, you know. How do you view golf now? The golf podcast. I love your first guest. I loved your second guest. What is your goal with that? Is that all pertaining golf? What's what's your vibe? How are you thinking about golf, you, and 51 Strokes? Yeah, so for me, the, I did the same story as you. I fell in love with golf, man. It was like I played it for the first time like two months ago. I just fell in love with the sport. I love it. Like I just you just, just took words out of my mouth. It's there's something really special about the game of golf. Now a lot of a lot of douchebags playing golf. You know, a lot of guys who think they're cool, but those guys are everywhere. You know, the guys who are just the country club guys who are stuck up and they think their shit doesn't stink. Those guys are everywhere. So I don't let them ruin the game for me. I think the actual nuts and bolts of what's going on with golf is truly amazing. And uh, it was an initial gut feeling I had once I played. I was like, yo, you got to do this seriously. Like, you got to take this way more serious and you got to make this part of your life. It's a good thing. It's sustainable. And and you can make this part of your life for a long time. It's a good way to bond with your brothers. Um, it's a good way to get outside, get off your phone. has a little competitive nature to it, which I love. I'm a competitive guy. A uh, little thinking to it. I like dressing up. I like shaking hands, smoking cigars, whatever. And so. I love it. I love that. I, me too, bro. Me too. Hard up to talk about it. I love it, dude. I used to. So MJ used to play probably 30, 40 G's a hole. Betting with, with the boys. I I found myself, I was like, what the fuck am I doing? It was like a, every day I'm putting with 100 degrees in weather in Las Vegas. I'm the only one out there putting. And I said, I'm going crazy out here. But it's it's amazing, man. How's your short game? So that's all I've been working on. I've been working. On, so I'm, I'm my goal is, is 51 strokes is I, I have a 51 handicap. Mm -hmm. So people who don't know golf, 72 is par. And then if you're above 72, uh, that's your handicap, plus one and plus two. Well, I'm plus 51. So, um, or actually, I guess minus 51. So I, I, I'm bad. I'm terrible. But my goal is to be scratched and even go beyond. I actually want to be professional by by when it's all said and done. I don't care if I'm, you know, it would be great to be on the PGA Tour. I just want to be professional, uh, whether it's a Corn Ferry Senior Tour, whenever I'm, you know, 55 years old. I'm 27 now. If I put in 25 years of work, I grind. I have confidence I can do it. So that's what 51 Strokes is about. Uh, but really what it is, and, and you're a content creator, so I'll talk to you about this. It was really a way for me, this podcast element, I was going to do that regardless. I was going to go for golf, and I was going to try to learn how to play golf. That was a life decision. That was something I was like, I got to do that for me. The podcast is about developing a an intimate relationship with the people who support me because – you know, I make these videos where I'm kind of, you know, it's me, but it's kind of a little bit of a character where I'm doing, the, you know, journalistic stuff and people are really supportive of me. But I, I don't know if they really, you know, they don't, they like the character, but I think they're interested maybe to, to know the guy behind it. And then the yak is something that's a little bit more genuine, but it's still a group of guys. I'm not really talking about what's going on with me and my life. And, um, and I think there are. I don't know if it's huge, but I think there are a number of people who are genuinely interested in and they, they support me and everything I do. They they are just awesome, like truly the great uh, support system. And so I was like, I want to do something that's intimate with them where I feel like I can talk. And I love listening to a podcast because you feel there's no closer form of content with the creator where you really it's unedited. It's hours of them talking. You really get a feel for what they're all about. They're a cool guy. And then once you find someone you do like, whether it's you or whether it is Joe Rogan, and you really identify with the person, that's a strong bond. And and I wanted to start developing that with the people who support me because um, I think it's really important. And it's like a it's a unique element that can't be duplicated with any other type of content other than podcast. Nope. Nope. And I and the more you open up, the more successful it's gonna be. The more you say, listen, like I tell people, I go. I used to wet the bed at the age of till the age of 13, 14, because it was reverse trauma dealing with my dad beating the shit out of me. But it happened, you know? And I talk about fucking one time. I had identity issues, Caleb, a lot of identity issues because my dad never let me do anything because of baseball. I didn't have a TV in my room. 
I didn't go anywhere. We never went to Disney World, even though we're in Miami. Like, I didn't do anything, bro. And when your dad enslaves you that way and he's with you 24-7, like, whenever we had to go visit the family, he would bring me in. Like, I had no freedom. I wasn't the kid that I never hung out in the street. I was always with this 24-7. You escape in your brain, you know? And as I see what you're doing, and, and I love that stuff so much. And the more you open up, I had identity issues, so I lied to people. I used to tell people I played with the Yankees. And I said this on Erica's podcast. And it was great. This is me in Los Angeles. After I lived in a car, I lived in a car for a year, didn't know anybody. I was shower shave at the Equinox in West Hollywood. And as I sat there, and I almost went crazy because when you when you live by yourself and you don't know anybody, you become very valuable over your possessions and everything was in my car. And there was no social media. There was no smartphone. So you couldn't like escape. So I learned how to build a mindset of, of, of positivity in my brain. And I used to tell people I play with the Yankees to fit in. And where that backfired was, I'm an extremely positive dude. I have certain kind of charisma. I got the Cuban thing, whatever, whatever. But people wouldn't trust me after that because they'd spot me in a lie. And when Google came out, they'd Google me that wouldn't come out. So <laughs> imagine that. that. You went for it. I respect that. You at least at least you didn't go small. No, I went big. And, then, and some people tell me, like, bro, why the fuck? Why can't you say like the Kansas City Royals or something? I'm like, bro, because that's how much I I want to matter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand. I, I got to go big. I've been going small my whole life. The minute I got free, I got to go get Caleb from Barstow. I'm not getting anybody. I'm going to go get Caleb and get him on the show. Mm -hmm. That's how I think. You've all, you seem like a guy that's always been comfortable with yourself, man. Is that true? Or is there some adjustment there? Man, I'm, I think anybody, you know, I think everybody has is riddled with problems. And it's just like unrealistic to think anyone isn't, whether they're successful, whether they're positive. I mean, you're a positive guy, but I'm sure that you're still going through stuff currently. And, you know, I, I'm going through stuff. Everyone's going through stuff. And anyone who doesn't think that that's the case is out of their mind. So, you know, I, you know, being comfortable in my own skin is not something that I uh, have problems with. But I do have I do deal with issues in my life, the things I'm not good at, mistakes I do make, ways I can be, you know, I can I can be uh, a lot of ways that I'm sure if you ask the closest people around me, people I work with, they could probably one by one pick out things that uh, I could work on. So uh, and I and I make my own mistakes, too, which I'm, sometimes I shake my head. And I'm like, man, you really you really walk around acting like you got it together. And then and then two seconds later, you d put your foot in your mouth. So. I think we everyone has that stuff. And I think what's good about being positive isn't that it solves it. You know, being a positive guy, having good energy, being a, a opportunistic person who not in a bad way, but someone who's energized about life, it doesn't solve any pro it doesn't solve your problems, but it is a good way to live. And then you have to realize that we all have problems. And 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 I'm about to I was about to try to um finish that sentiment with what the answer to life is, but I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> I was about, I was like, man, if I just had the answer to life right now, you got it. No, you got it. Let your hair grow, bro. That's the answer. I and I have problems and I, and I try to, no matter what, I try to still keep a good attitude and I still try to connect with cool people like you. You're the man. You're the I, man. I oh, favorite Drake song. Dude. One song that comes to your brain. Okay. So this is, I wouldn't say it's my favorite song, but just, the conversation we're having and, and talking about how hard those guys work, Lil Wayne and, and Drake and, and kind of how it's motivating. I love the song. I think it's called believe me in it. I'm the only one. Yes, yes, yes. You know that song? Yes, 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 yes. Believe yeah. me. Yeah. That's, it, true. that's a great song. Just, it's the two guys and it's like, everything they're saying is true. It's like, yep. right. yeah, yeah, that's a, I'm the only one. I'm the only one to get the job done. I get don't the know. job done. Yeah. I'm the only one to get the job done. I love it. Caleb, I think you're going to be, if you think, I think you're super successful now, bro. I think you're going to be a monster, man. I think people are going to be talking about you for a real long time with what you've accomplished and what you're going to accomplish. I, you're only beginning. You're a baby, dude. I can't tell you how proud I am of you. I'm so happy that you did this, man. Any questions for me? Anything I can help you with? Man, I just want to say I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate you thinking of me. This you're someone that I've, you know, I met in passing, but I think you're a true testament to what having a, just a good energy and focusing on what's important, how how fast and quick that can translate to a new person. Cuz I mean, what did we meet for 5 minutes? And yeah. and I'm like, man, I like that guy. He's cool and and uh 
you know, where you run the, the, the car facts, I go on your Instagram and, and you seem like you're really about it. And all of a sudden now we're talking, now we've talked for an hour. We really feel like we we're off to knowing each other. So that's how things start. And, and I just, uh, I'm really appreciative that you've, you've taken an interest in me and I don't know if all, everything you're saying is true, but I will say that, you know, a lot of that stuff's not even necessarily my goals. So, you know, I would love to be a monster successful, you know, those things are, that comes with it, I think. But I think the things that I'm focusing on are, are, uh, you know, trying to, to kind of figure myself out and to be good to the people around me and to, and to make sure I prioritize the people around me um, in front of myself. And then, and if I do those things, I think it's just like that begets success. And so I, I, you know, if I am successful in doing those things, then I probably will be successful in some, in some way. But uh, I do appreciate you saying all that stuff, man. And I think you're just a positive energy and uh, it's something I appreciate. Always got time for positive energy. You're the man. What do you want to plug before I let you go? What do you want to plug? So we get the people out there. Oh man. I, I mean that new podcast, 51 strokes. It's a, you know, it's about golf if you like golf, but it's also just, it's, it, you know, it's a selfish way for me to talk to cool people. Kind of like, I think you're doing, you're trying to connect with cool people and, and it's kind of the same thing for me. And so it's new. Um, and it's something that I would like at least people to at least to give give it a shot. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm the only one to get the job done. I don't know no one that could cover for me. Yeah, got some game from my day. So she might say she love me. She don't love me like she say she love me. Believe me. Believe me. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, 